Welcome to the show. Here we go. Here we go. Yes, welcome to the show. Uh, this is Taz. This is the Taz Show. Hope everybody's doing good uh, as we are um, doing our thing here and fixing to give you a awesome Taz Hall. Uh, that's kind of how we do this here on the Taz Show. You guys know that. There's really not much, um, not much thought behind it. Just like, yeah, let's just do a little Taz Hall that's just loaded with questions. From you, the ever-loving audience uh, it, There's a lot that goes into it More than you people know uh, Because there is a, uh, a litany of questions That come through On the Instagram My Instagram, TazTalk T-A-Z-T-L-K And uh, Facebook at uh, Facebook.com slash the Taz Show So, you know It's tough for us to get every question in But um, the folks here Kind of Cipher through them Shishishishnabits through them Shishishnabits through them You know what that means Alright, so that's what happened So, okay, welcome to the show Like I said, if you're downloading the show On uh, Apple Podcasts, thank you Maybe radio.com radio.com On the app or the website That's awesome too Or maybe on the Stitcher Stitcher Radio Jones It could be over there at Stitcher, yep Or maybe a Google, uh, Google gimmick podcast uh, For all you Android people Whatever you're doing, you're pulling the show into your life, and it's appreciated. You know, I really like that you're doing that. You know what I'm saying? So it's like that's how this goes. All right, so look at his window. We're not gonna play any games. Not gonna fucking dick around here. All right, so we're gonna go right into uh, the ones from IG first, and then uh, later on we'll do some of the Facebook. There's a lot of lot of questions, a lot of good stuff here. Um, so a lot of people are interested in in the AWE, the All Elite Wrestling. Uh, the new promotion So um, that uh, with the, the, the Young Bucks and, and uh, Cody Owned by the cons of the Jacksonville Jaguars So if you're not familiar with that You're going to hear a lot about that In this episode of the Taz Show Just because of the questions uh, from you all There's a good chunk of that I, That I'll give you a little preview on How about that? Preview Jones and begin Okay um, <clears throat> Excuse me uh, Do you feel This is from Jfree82 by the way Jfree82 on the IG Instagram At Taz Talk Do you feel That there should be Both a bad guy And good guy In the announce booth Like Monsoon slash Heenan Or has the business evolved Past that point Okay Jfree82 Good question and I'd love to answer that I don't think that the business has moved past that point Or evolved past that point I don't I do think that you got to be careful with it Because you're mentioning that about Has the business moved past that point it's just That's kind of an old school style thing um, it, it, it could be done I do like it I do think it should be done But you have to be clever the way it's done now we've forever seen that the play-by-play guy In most cases it was a man So the play-by-play guy usually was the good guy, the babyface, And the color commentator was usually a former announcer I'm sorry, a former wrestler 
and they would play the heel, the bad guy, right? So, um, and we've seen Michael Cole as a play-by-play guy kind of be a heel, which, uh, you know, it used to be talked about a lot in WWE. I know when I was there, you know, it was talked about a lot, you know, it'd be cool to have, you know, more of a heel play-by-play guy and felt like, you know, Cole was good at it enough, um, you know, it's unconventional, you know what I mean? But, but okay, let me get, but your main question is a good guy, bad guy to announce with. Yes, I do think that there should be. I, but here's the thing, J382, I do think it needs to be organic. I don't think it should be forced. I don't think it should be, like, you could listen to, like, Raw, right? So Corey Graves is produced a lot of times as a heel, um, as a color commentator. But, it, it you know, a lot of the things he's fed or the, his delivery sometimes could be kind of old school. Um, and, you know, some people like that, some don't. I mean, I don't think it's the end of the world. I don't think it's bad. But the main thing that I know I tried not to do, and I've been guilty of it sometimes, but, I, you know, I know when I was taught back in the day, and I've been, a, I've been a heel color commentator a lot in my career, and I loved it. It was a lot of fun. But the key is not to get into a bickering match with your broadcast colleague, your partner, where it's to the point that, you know, it's taken away from the broadcast, taken away from the matches. You know, that's what you don't want to do. That's that fine line, that very fine line where it gets a little difficult as an announced team. And that's why I always bitch about a three-man booth or a three-person booth. Um, I think that that's when you really get too much going on and it's tough for people in the announced position, all three, to have des- you know roles, um, and it could get a little confusing because it's not visual; it's mostly audio. You're hearing these three people speak while there's a match going on. So, okay, who's the leading the broadcast? All right, that's the play-by-play guy. Okay, I got that. That guy's a heel. He's a color commentator, but the other color commentator, he's not a heel. Okay, well, you know what? Check, please. It's fucking confusing, you know? So that's why three-man booths suck. I don't care if it's three men, three women, half men, two women, one woman, half of a woman, half of a man. I don't give a shit. They stink, okay? So and anything, any sport, anything, it needs to be a two-person team, okay? It's that simple. I know you didn't ask about that. I'm telling you about that. Okay, J382, if that is your real name. The other thing is... um. I when you know Monsoon Heenan, their chemistry was just pristine. Legends of the game, true, true legends. You know, uh, both men just amazing at what they did. Uh, great, great, great. And Monsoon did something that was rare, where he was a former wrestler who became a play-by-play guy as opposed to a color commentator. So Monsoon just showed his true talent. You know, and Vince McMahon saw that in him, but. Regardless, um, I don't think the business has evolved past it. I think it can be done. I think you got to be clever. You can't beat me over the head with it that you're a bad guy. I think being sarcastic with some sarcastic wit, being a wise ass at times, uh, if a bad guy or a heel does something good, you don't cheer and go crazy. Like, oh, man, that was awesome. I've done that because I was told to. Like, you know, like <laughs> that's, and you're like, oh, this is so like, ugh. you know, um, I, you know, for me personally, I know you didn't ask this, but fuck, I'll tell you anyway. When I was a heel commentator, the most fun I had as a heel commentator was in TNA when I was doing the, when I was in the Aces and Eights, and Mike Tanay and I were the announce team, and I was the heel. That was the most fun I probably had. I probably took it too far at times, to be honest with you, 
but it was a lot of fun. Um, but that heel roll was a lot of fun. So Jay Free eighty two. I think I answered your question. <clears throat> so I do think there should be a heel and a, a, a baby face in the booth. I don't think it should be overdone though, and I don't think the business has gone past it. But you got to be a little clever about it, and it can't be done like it was during that era of the eighties into early nineties or mid nineties. I think it's, times have changed. You got to be a little more clever about it and don't insult people's intelligence. All right, thank you. So um, who do we got here? Joy Barica, Joy Borica. I, you know, see, fuck, I just can't read. No, I can't. I, I don't know what this is here. Joy, B-O-R-I-Q-A. Pardon. Okay, with the massive success of All In, that's all caps, by the way, All In, could this show become the WrestleMania of AEW? I'm guessing AEW might be looking uh, for the once a year super show. Love your show, bro. Well, I appreciate it, dude. Thank you. Um, and again, that's on the Instagram. These are all gonna be from Instagram until I tell you they're not. How about that? I'll tell you when they're Facebook. I'll let you know. Not that you give a shit, but I'll let you know. All right. So, I, look, all in definitely without a shadow of a doubt could be the the main big show for AEW. AEW. I'm uncomfortable saying the words WrestleMania anywhere near All In or AEW. To be frank with you, um. Because it's light years away from like it's decades upon decades upon decades away from anything close to that. But I get your point. Uh, and I'm not taking it out of context. You're talking about the one big show, you know. So will that be the big show? So like, like New Japan's got Wrestle Kingdom and stuff like that. I, yeah, I got it. I do. I do think it because that was kind of like the first show, even though it was it was looped in big time with Ring of Honor and stuff like that, all in. But um, and it was a really big successful show, um, but yeah, I, I uh, and you're saying I'm, I'm guessing AEW might be looking for a once a year super show. You know, I, I would assume they are too. Um, I just think that they're in like you know the crawling stages, and booking a super show is you're at a pretty quick sprint. So that's how I look at AEW right now. I know a lot of fans. Out there looking at AEW like, oh my god, they're going to compete with WWE, oh my god, this is it, this is great, oh my god, wrestlers have a lot of options, oh my god I understand that, everybody's getting really excited about it, and that's really cool um, Those of us that have been in the game, I mean, yeah, it's exciting what they're doing and and stuff like that And, and I think a lot of people are hoping that they have awesome success But it, fans sometimes need to realize you got to slow down a little bit There's a lot involved, this is not as easy as everybody thinks so I'm not trying to be a killjoy. I'm just being honest. Um, but I do think All In could definitely be their big show. There's no doubt about it, um, without a shadow of doubt, because that All In thing was successful as hell at the Bucks and Cody did. And they're obviously the the brass of, uh, you know, the uh, AEW promotion. So, all right. Uh, what do we got here? Simon Dollars backs global. <sighs> wow. Rolls off the tongue What's your favorite size ring to wrestle in I know WWE uses a 20 by 20 Seems ropes are taller Slash space different Than most I am uh, Most am I accurate Yeah sir you're accurate because I basically said that on uh, Many times on my podcasts And that's what I do I teach you people Understand I teach all of you You learn nothing nowhere else about wrestling except here Okay, I'm kind of joking around about that, and I'm being a wise ass, but you get my drift. Oh uh, yeah, no, dude, you're right. It's the tr- the twenty by twenty ring is what WWE has been using for a long time, and yeah, the ropes are higher. Um, 
and it's definitely more of a gap between the top and middle rope and the middle rope and bottom rope and the bottom rope and the apron. So my favorite size ring to wrestling is, in, is the traditional 18 by 18 cable ring. Okay, so for those that are newer to my content, you know, I've talked about this in the past, but I'll let you guys know. So, okay, WWE uses a rope style ring where that means the ropes are ropes. Okay, they're, they're rope that has just a ton of tape over it to, so guys don't rip their skin off when they hit the ropes. And um, um, it's a bigger ring. It's just a, it's a taller ring. It's, like I said, 20 by 20. Um and everything's just bigger on the ring because the WWE's always had the bigger ring because for years they've had all the big talent, especially during that, you know, like WWF wrestling challenge era in the near early 90s, had all these massive humans. So they always they wanted to have a much bigger ring. Um, now, obviously, WWE style has changed, but they still use the big ring. And I don't, I don't think they're going to change that. I just think that their talent has learned to work in those big rings. Why go smaller? Stay bigger. If the talent can work in those bigger rings, then just keep on fucking rolling. Um, now, the 18 by 18 cable ring, okay, that's because the ropes are not rope. The ropes are steel cables with a rubber hose over it and tape over that. Okay, so that's usually how that's done, or rubber-like cylinder over cable. I'm saying rubber holes, so it don't have to be a hose. I've wrestled in a lot of rings, 18 by 18s, where it was steel cable for ropes, and it was like a garden hose, those old-school green garden hoses cut in half, put over the cable, and then black tape doubled, like two reps of black tape over each rope. I've worked in rings like that a shitload of time, and you guys watch matches with rings like that. This is an 18 by 18 ring. Usually the 18 by 18s, the way it's constructed, it's a much better bumping ring. It's not as stiff. WWE's ring is very stiff when you bump in it, where the 18 by 18 ring has got a much more of a, a, a little more of a bounce to it. Um, protects your body a little more. You could, you could, you could. I just feel you could do better spots in it. I was never, you know, a high flyer using the ropes, as you guys know. That wasn't my thing. But I know when many guys um, either, you know, came from, for argument's sake, you know, working for WWE or they were about to go to WWE, their concern was that it wasn't a cable ring and it wasn't an 18 by ring. So 18 by 18 ring, because you could definitely do more, you know, you could fly off those ropes different. The ropes are tighter usually. Usually, and they're just a little stout, and there's a little more bounce to the ring, so you can take bigger bumps in the ring. So, um, TNA has always had the 18 by 18, and the NWA back in the day, uh, uh, ECW, uh, yeah, always you know, 18s, right? Always, so that's what it's always been. WCW and its prime Nitro, they had an 18 by 18 cable ring <clears throat> so i'm a big believer and a big fan in that so thank you for the uh for the message there uh simon dollar box global appreciate that uh awesome name too uh what else we got here again we're going we're sticking with the uh ig right now instagram and taz talk uh the underscore c word uh s-e-a-w-o-r-d yeah crafty i remember this person's name before he came back with a question in the past but i digress uh, who was the deceptively strongest person you wrestled uh ty but i would say dr death steve williams probably was the, the strongest close tie with um with bam bam bigelow uh so both these men are no longer with us but they were both insanely strong guys um Dr. Death, I, I had just a quick, you know, stuff we did at the ECW Arena once while he was working for All Japan, him and uh, Terry uh, Terry Gordy, Bam Bam, 
Anyway, uh, Doc and I did some stuff in the ring in front of the people in Philly. Did a little dealio, and uh, and I don't remember the spot. Shit, I don't know if it was a power slam or something. Well, he he picked me up and, and and slammed me or drove me. It wasn't a suplex. I don't remember, I don't remember what it was. All I know when I when when he basically clasped when he hooked me, like I it was like I was like okay, whoa, whoa, I'm kind of like there's not much I can do right now. This guy's strong. Like <laughs> I'm not kidding. I can't explain it. You know, I, and I'm like all right, fuck. I'm in, I'm airborne. I didn't even know what the fuck. I mean, it was that quick. Like super super. I never had anyone really have that kind of strength. Over me or that kind of quickness Into strength uh, And Dr. Death who was a super guy by the way um, Yeah He was that fucking strong like I'm talking about Straight up animal um, Like insane like strong and Bam Bam Bigelow like good luck Okay so Bam Bam, Bam was an animal Another guy well, Bam Bam was a lot bigger than Doc but And Doc was a big guy but Bam Bam was huge You know but uh, <clears throat> Yeah no when you, when you It's hard to explain when you get you know, we call it hooked. When you get hooked by someone, that that's not a negative. That doesn't mean someone took advantage of you or nothing like that. It's just like a when they hook you for a, a move or a spot. And you, when you have enough experience as a wrestler, you know when someone grabs a hold of one of your limbs or hooks you around the waist for a throw or something like that or whatever, in a headlock or a head and arm, whatever it may be. You know when you have enough experience Like okay This dude's legit I can feel it like he's fucking no joke Like you know You can't I don't think if you're wrestling Like four or five years in the business I don't think you could tell at that age At that years of experience I should say But I'm just telling you like straight up Like once you have some years under your belt Of really grappling all over the world You know working for different promotions With different different cats you know Yo, you, you could tell when a motherfucker is like real. Like you could tell when a guy hooks you and it's like, okay, this is a strong son bitch. And that's how it was with, with Steve Williams, for sure. I mean, unbelievably. Uh the underscore C word. Thank you for the question. Uh Postello0079, again IG, uh, Taz Talk. Do wrestlers not trust the cadence of the ref? At times you can see them staring directly at the count. To the time to to time the kickout, it gets distracting sometimes because you know when or when not the match is ending, especially for false finishes. <clears throat> A lot of inside terms there. So, okay, yes, uh, Pastello zero zero seven nine, very observant, and you're not you're not wrong what you're saying. Um, I know wrestlers have done that. They they they'll eyeball the count. <sighs> That's been happening for a lot of years. Um, I humbly, I humbly say, I don't think I, you're really going to catch me doing that in my prime. I, I, I might have maybe once or twice. It's a habit I tried not to do, uh, not to get into, I should say. Um, but it does happen. I think what happens is if you really, and you said the word false finishes, so you know, if really late, late kick out. That's what you're trying to build that drama, like you're going to get pinned. So that's why you see guys maybe looking at the ref and watching the ref one with his arm, two with his arm. Three, two and three quarters and they kick out Because <clears throat> they, they don't want to just go by the cadence So I don't think it's, to your first question Do the wrestlers not trust the cadence of the ref? I think the wrestlers don't trust themselves to kick out in time So it's not on the cadence, it's not on the ref, it's on themselves 
it's that paranoia like oh shit i want to kick out really late because i know that's going to really build the drama for the spot we just did and the match we're having so what i need to do is i really got to kick out really late here to get that pop like oh shit yeah um the other reason why this happens is you know wrestlers sometimes get a little wrapped up in the masses that are around them in the arena and they're forgetting there's a camera drilled on them that's in high def and most people have high def tvs and they're watching at home or on their streaming device or whatever, you know laptop whatever and they could see everything and they could, they see your eyes looking at that ref but your play what you're doing as a wrestler what you're taught most of the times is to play to the masses in the building you know like so you want to get that guy and girl that's in the 10th row or the 70th 70th row they can't see your eyes they can't see you looking at the ref but that fucking lens on that handheld camera well the millions at home see it (laughs) nonstop. so that's why you get hung up in that moment and you know the cameras are there but you kind of forget and you just you're getting you're, you're into the pop of the crowd so much and, you know, some guys, I can't, I can't say I was like this. Some guys might just be like, well, fuck it. I don't care. You know, if the camera catches me looking at the ref as I'm on my back, one, two, two and three quarters kick out. I don't give a shit. People are still going to pop, so it don't matter. You know, some guys are like that. I, that's not me. So uh, that's not me. But anyway, good question. Very good question. Paul Linho, 91. So Paul Linho, 91. Oof. I just butcher these things. All right. Uh, here's my question. First off. I love when a guy or girl comes at me with a question. Now, this is not the question. This is me just observing this gentleman's first statement in his post. I love that where it's like, here's my question. Well, bro, I know this is your question because it was requested on the IG and the, the Facebook. So, you know, everybody's putting questions. And then you go, here's my question. I just I, I think that's funny. I, I I popped when I read this the first time. I got here's my question. I, I appreciate that. No problem. That's like me. I have a bad habit, like a lot of people. When I'm talking to you, like face to face, I'm like, look, you know, listen. Look, no, look. I'll say look. I'll also say listen. And I'll also say, here's the thing. The fuck does that even mean? Here's the thing. I've been doing this since I'm born. Maybe not since born, but maybe since like three years old. So, anyways, um, all right, Paul Lin Ho 91. Here's my question. Ha <laughs> uh, I am a massive fan of Pete Dunn and his bruiser weight gimmick. Another inside word. Can you ever see him headlining WrestleMania and ever being the WWE champion? Hashtag bruiserweight Jones. Uh, great use of the word Jones. Good job, Paul. Um, can I see him headlining a WWE? Uh, I'm sorry, headlining a WrestleMania. Oh, shit. I, I really hope so. I, I love this guy's work. I mean, I, I think this guy's great. I, I am a big fan of his work. You know, I, I really hope he does. Um, but that's not your question. You're asking me if I think he will. <sighs> you know, I, I, I think he will. He's a young guy, and I think he's got time. And I do think that we're rapidly starting to see that, that the size thing, the height thing, I should say, in WWE is rapidly going bye-bye, which is awesome for the talent the past several years. So I would say, yeah, he will um, headline uh, a, a WrestleMania. And I do think he has an awesome chance one day of being a WWE champion. I wouldn't do it now. He's got time. He's got a groom. Um, he's just 
he has a lot of time. He, he's a young guy, and he's got he's got an unbelievably bright future. And um, he's just the tough thing for him, and like a lot of these guys, like Tyler Bate, him, you know, <clears throat> that are not, you know, they're, they're not that they're young kids, but you know, they're younger guys in their early twenties and shit. You know, you you got you make it that quick, and you get on the main mains. You know, you're in WWE, you're you're doing the UK NXT, you're kicking ass at the pay per view, doing all this shit. You know, that's awesome. You just then as as the several years keep going by, you got to keep reinventing yourself. That's where it gets a little tough, you know. That's where it gets a little tricky. You got to try and you know little, little stuff, not a lot of stuff. You know what I mean? That's where it gets a little rough. Um, <clears throat> you know, because you you don't want to get you don't you don't want to get stale, and that's the fear uh, I would have if I was a young guy who made it in WWE like in my early twenties, and I'm in WWE. And I mean that that's what I'd be concerned with because you got to try to reinvent yourself. You definitely have to. Um, but right now, I don't suggest that to Pete Dunn at all. I would just keep doing what I'm doing because he's doing great, you know. So it's not a knock on the kid. I love him, you know what I mean? Um, you know, so I, I would, I, I definitely think that he's, he's, his future is insanely bright. Several of those, those Brits are tremendous talents, you know what I mean? That they have, and and they're utilizing these guys, the right and girls, the right way. So um, they got a full Monty roster, roster, man. WWE, they they are playing games, man. They fucking got. Lot of guys and girls and several different shows and they are just building a monstrosity of just you know it's it's not even a team it's 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 a full-blown fucking you know massive organization of talent so you know I, that's why sometimes when you know and you'll hear me during this podcast because there's going to be other questions about AEW and people comparing and, and and you can't compare right now. You just it's unfair to AEW to compare. You just can't. You just can't. You got to you guys got to get into having to stop doing that. It's just my opinion. You got to stop doing that because it's, there's not a comparison. There's nothing there yet with AEW. You know, they're still in the the you know, they announced a couple of dates. I mean that that and and they had a rally, you know, so give them a chance to you know, get rock and rolling, and, and hopefully they, they do great. You know, that's the – you hope so for them, you know. I mean, but but I know a lot of people are excited, like I said, and they want to see – you know, they want to see this thing blow up. So it, it's it's going to take some time, you know, in my opinion anyway, um, in my opinion. Uh, well, so let's see we got here. Pastor Jeremy M. I think I got that right. Uh, who – are underused wrestlers in WWE that in WWE that you think would be best in all elite wrestling? There you go. So, all right, that's an interesting question. This is not. <clears throat> this is a good question. I because I would say those same wrestlers I would name, I would say could be good for Ring of Honor, could be good for New Japan, could could be good for um, working uh, working for Impact Wrestling, so I, I or, or AEW. Now I think a lot of people are bypassing all those other promotions because everybody's hearing about all the money uh, that the cons have, uh, you know, that own the Jacksonville Jaguars and 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 their billionaires and whatnot. So people are like, well, wrestlers are not going to want to go to those other small promotions if they're leaving WWE. <clears throat> like let's just say hypothetically AJ Styles. So his contract's fixing to be up, I guess, soon. And if he don't re-up with WWE, well, you would think that he could make the same money, if not more, for, 
you know, AEW. So that's why you're bypassing Ring of Honor or bypassing these other promotions. And so if you're thinking that way as a fan, well, that part I agree with. You would think that way because you'd probably be right. Just because there's a lot of scuttlebutt that the money AEW has and that a couple of people have been signed to already uh, is like very high. So, and again, it's, think about this. They announced two dates, one in, one in, uh, I think, in towards the end of May in Las Vegas, and I think it's the MGM Grand. Pardon my ignorance if I'm wrong on the actual building, the casino. And there was another date, I believe, that they mentioned that would happen in Jacksonville. So I'm sure they'll have a litany more of dates. But right now, that's what you're going on. There's no announcement of a TV deal. We don't know what's going on with Kenny Omega. We don't know where Kenny Omega's ended up. Will he end up with WWE? Will he end up, you know, we go with AEW. Who knows, right? So, you know, the thing is, I would, um, off the top of my head, by the way, uh, Pastor Jeremy, just to answer your question, one guy I would think is Apollo Cruz. I think Apollo Cruz is a tremendous, tremendous talent. I remember when he first came into the WWE organization and his buzz around the world, how good he is. Uh, I think a guy like him could really flourish. Um, you know, like we know, you know, Neville, well, Pac, how he's going to flourish with AEW. And I think a guy like like uh, Apollo Cruz would be utilized the proper way. Um, I think that the the Bucks and Cody would understand how to use him. Just just off the top of my head, that's just him, because um, I know how you know, how talented he is. You know, we've seen a Cedric Alexander the push he's gotten, and he has. But he's another guy. I think you're looking for guys or girls that are very athletic, uh, that are very good in ring athletic wrestlers. And there's a lot of those around right now. So, and and that's kind of what the business is being kind of has been. Has been, I should say, independently, WWE, everywhere else. It's about athleticism. So I, I do think that I think that'll be utilized immensely. You know, with with AEW, I do think they'll do a good job of that. Um, so for sure. So I do think, like uh, you know, like I just said, Apollo Cruz is the first name that just jumps jumps right out to me that I think would do. You know, an awesome, awesome job. Um, it's tough to say. Like, you don't know. Like, I don't know. I mean, when guys, most guys and girls' contracts are ending, you know. Um, I, it's hard to, it, a lot of that stuff's private information. It's not like an NBA player or an NFL player where it's public, it's for public consumption when guys' contracts end or how much money they're making. It's not like that in wrestling. You know, these guys are independent contractors, so it's a little bit of a different dealio, and it's always kayfabe. So, and that comes from Vince, the way it's been done for for decades. Um, you know, it'll be interesting. Maybe, maybe, uh, maybe like a Mojo Raleigh, another guy that you know. I don't know his status, but you know he's you know he's had a good amount of TV time, and and he's a guy that's aggressive. He brings a ton of energy to the ring, and I could see him doing something okay. Uh, so AEW, they're, you know, they're going to book guys differently. I mean, there's there's look. I, listen, let, let's be honest here, okay? You you. You somehow, some way, make it to the WWE to that level. You're pretty much, for the most part, you're ready to go. I mean, that means you can work anywhere. For the most part, you can. So that's why, to me, it's like, well, I, I, you know, I can name a bunch of different guys and girls that can do well in either promotion, just because, you know, they're they're talented wrestlers. They're they're you know they're, they're pros. You know, so. Um, I named a couple there for you, uh, Pastor Jeremy, but I, 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 there's probably a, a, a shitload of others I didn't mention that could, and we'll see. I mean, if 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 AEW is 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 bouncing around a lot of money to people uh, and signing people to a bunch of big contracts, and if that keeps progressing here, 
Yeah, then you're gonna, you're gonna. That's great for the wrestlers that are in WWE because then they have another place to go and make a, a big living. Look, AJ Styles, right? So, you know, it's gotten out about his contract. You know, usually that stuff doesn't get out, but it has about his that he's you know fixing to be done. I mean, be be you know his deal's going to expire. Um, here's the thing, AJ. No matter how you want to cut it, I mean. I, I I don't think anybody could bitch about how he's been pushed in WWE and the money he's probably made there. You know, he's been pushed really, really well. Now, initially, they didn't push him well. They made him pay his dues and the whole, like, doubting that he's phenomenal. That's his gimmick, the phenomenal one. I mean, I told you guys I went through that shit with, um, with the FTW stuff. And when I first went there and the human suplex machine, like, they were taking, like, everything literally. Like, you know, because they didn't want to push it. You know, so it's like that's kind of what was happening with, with with the phenomenal thing with AJ with WWE. But then they they ended up you know doing the right thing and they've moved on and then they started pushing the shit out of him and he made them a lot of money and he made a lot of money. So you know, for AJ to go to AEW, he's gonna need if that would have happened, he's gonna need a lot of money. I would assume that. I would assume that, and he'd be right to want a lot of money and he'd be right to earn, to get a lot of money because he's earned that. Um, really, you know, I mean. But again, you know, we we could talk AEW all day uh, until you know. I, I don't want to say until that's the wrong one. For me, once they, you know, I hear who else is hired, like behind the scenes, who's going to run production, who's going to, you know, who's going to uh, watch. Because we know Billy Gunn is going to be an agent backstage, a producer. Okay, that's a great get. And Billy Gunn knows his shit. Billy Gunn's a great guy. He's a he's a respected pro. I know Billy. I've worked with Billy. I love Billy. I think he's great. I, and that's a great move. And and I'm sure Billy's excited. You know, and maybe there's an opportunity there for Billy's son. Because you know, Billy's son's wrestling. So so maybe that's an opportunity for Billy's son too. You know, so but Billy behind the scenes, Billy Gunn's gonna be an excellent producer. So for Cody in the box, that's a that's a great get right there. That's a good move. See, that's what I mean. Those type of people, I want to know. As, and I'm not trying to be a wiser. I'm just being real. Like as time goes on, like so, who's who's your director? Who's your producer? You know, you know who's going to be. You know, uh, is it just the Bucks and Cody doing the creative? Is there anybody else involved? You know what I mean? Who's your TV partner? You know, who's that going to be? We don't know this yet, right? You know, who's the TV partner? How long's the deal? What's the penetration like? That type of thing. You know, these are things that have to come out before I start saying, oh, this guy's going to jump to AEW. I understand that you have a man who has a, a, a family with a lot of money that just that could cut checks for anything they want. But there's a lot more to having a successful wrestling company than having an, a gigantic bank book and and a few men that know what they're doing, know how to book. You need other things. There's other components and elements that need to happen to make it to be successful. So that's the thing where I don't want people to think I'm I'm – I'm knocking AEW. I'm not. I'm just being honest. I think people are just mostly fans are getting a little bit ahead of themselves with this. I, I really, this is my opinion. And if anybody thinks that I'm uh, uh, being a um, what do you call it? waiting on somebody's parade, then whatever. You're entitled to feel whatever you want, any way you want. That's not how I am. I promoted the shit out of them. <laughs> I promoted AEW. I promoted the things they were doing. I talked about it on my podcast here. I talked about it on CBS Sports Radio with, with Moose, uh, my daily sports radio show I co-host. So I, I've done nothing but done the right thing to promote AEW. I really have. And 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 those guys, I've always compl- complimentary of all those guys involved. So, 
you know, from 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 uh, from Jericho to Cody to Hangman Page. I don't know if I'm holding wall. I put that kid over left and right verbally on my show here. So you know, and the Bucks always because uh, I think those guys are all super talented guys. I, I'm, uh, you know, really. So uh, I, they they don't pay me to say that shit. I don't I don't talk to these guys. I don't. You know, I don't, I, you know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't need nothing from them. They don't need nothing from me. But I, I do what I say, what I say for my audience and how I feel. And and that's how I've always been doing this show. So, I, I you know, at, at times, well, that's a whole nother topic. But <laughs> there are things that, some things that irk me um, with some things that, some things I don't want to talk about as far as promotion Look, if I come out here and I start promoting something or saying this is a this is something good, this is something bad, this is something great, this is not that good, meaning a wrestling promotion or a wrestler, you know, it, it, if I'm positive about it, you know, it, it's it's letting a lot of other ears and it's building awareness for them and it's it's helping their reach, their promotion or a certain wrestler or or a male wrestler or a female wrestler or a broadcaster. I'm just saying. So I always try to be a little positive. Um, unless you know, if it's WWE and it's something creative that they've been fucking up and I feel it sucks, I'll tell you and I'll tell you. And it's got to the point that I've been very blunt about that for several years when it's something negative and positive. I put them over, but WWE don't hear that. They hear the negative. So that's why, for the most part, I'm kind of like like they don't really act like I exist. You know, so you know, <laughs> that's the thing. But that's okay because they only they only know the negative. Because the stooges they have that run the, to the office and say, "Oh, Taz said this about you. Taz said this about the motion. Taz said this about the writing. Taz said this about Raw. Taz said this about SmackDown. Taz said this about NXT." But they're not telling them Taz said really nice stuff about this here, or put you over here or this, or put this wrestler. They don't do that because that's not. Juicy enough for the little stooges to run to the Triple H's and the Stephanie's and the Vince's or the Kevin Dunn's. See, they want to give them the bad shit. That's how it works. So it's like social media. People love all the fucking bashing. Uh, Mike.fdl again on the Instagram. Main thing you miss from being on the road and the main thing you don't miss. Cool. Great question, Mike. All right. So, you know, actually. You know, before I answer Mike's question, uh, you know, it might be time for a little bit of a water break. I'm just letting you know that. Just give me a second. All right. Ah, here we go. Ah. See, when I open the top, I heard a little boop. Yeah. All right. It's become a bit on the show here. The water break. Anyway, all right, I'm good now. All right, so what's the question? Oh, yeah, the, que- <laughs> the question uh, for Mike.FDL. Main thing you miss from being on the road and the main thing you mi- that you don't miss from being on the road. Okay, I love this question. So um, main thing I, I don't miss from being on the road, I'll go backwards, is the actual travel, the actual, you know, flying, making flights, dealing with... TSA, getting to the gate, you know, that kind of thing. Now, I've been fortunate enough a lot in my career to fly on, uh, you know, Air WWE, Vince's jet coming back from SmackDowns, Michael Cole and I. And they didn't put us on there because they loved us. They put us on there to go back to work because we had to go to Connecticut and work in the studio. So that helps you travel because you don't have to deal with all the other bullshit. But for the most of my travel in my years, I didn't fly private. I flew, flew commercial like all of the wrestlers. And 
just the getting done with a show. Um, you know, when you're younger, it's fun. You get done with a show at like 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night, take a quick shower. You drive to the next town, you know, 150, 200, 220 miles, whatever it is. You get in there at 2, 3 in the morning. Uh, you know, you, you get something to eat on the road. You, you go to sleep at the hotel. You wake up in the morning. You eat some breakfast. You go to the gym. Come back to the hotel. Take a shower. Go back to the building now. Go to the new building, uh, whatever the next town is. And, and you know, you show up there. You hang out with the boys and do your thing. And then work again and do it all again. Do that all year round. That's your life as a wrestler, what I just said. <laughs> so uh, that's I, I left some stuff out, but that was pretty much it. Um, I don't miss the hustle and bustle of the flights, uh, checking in the hotel, the bullshit. Oh, we don't have your rent-a-car uh, reservation. We don't know what happened. Oh, no. Well, were you booked at this Marriott? It was a different one. Like, that's happened not every time, but enough that it, you get to the point where you're sick of it. That kind of bullshit. Anybody, any of you people, all you people have been on vacation and have traveled. You know, sometimes with traveling, it's a pain in the ass. We'll pitch that all year round. So that happens. So that part I don't miss. When I was younger, I enjoyed all that stuff. But as I got a little bit older, I was like, I'm sick of this shit, to be honest. Seriously. I, I don't want to get on a plane ever again. Um, <laughs> so the thing that I miss, though, the main thing I do miss is the interaction in the locker room or at the building with with the other wrestlers that that camaraderie that fun uh that i miss that i do miss that um and in wwe you get to know the crew too you know from the writers to the production people the people in the truck the cameramen and women and you know that fun too just 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 being around that that is it's usually you know it's such a grind you're on the road so much that you have to have fun. There has to be a lot of jocularity. You got to fuck around a lot because otherwise you go crazy. Um, I do miss that. I miss being, and I, I missed that a lot lately. The past, to be honest with you, Mike.FDL, um, the last shit, probably seven, eight months, I miss that more now than I did two years ago. Being in a locker room, being around a locker room, not as a wrestler, even when I was a commentator, just. Just being at the wrestling show, like just being at, for so many years, that's ingrained in me, right? Just being at shows, you know? So um, now the past, I don't know, four years of me doing radio and doing podcasting and working for CBS on the contract to this great company I've been blessed to be with and to Entercom and stuff like that. It's been awesome and I'm blessed, trust me. But at times I do miss still. I miss being around, you know, the, the boys that being around wrestlers i i miss being around i just you know i i've been fortunate to work as a commentator with so many guys that i've considered friends and had fun with from from a no particular order from joey styles to michael cole to mike tenay i mean like just you know just a blast with these guys and just 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 being around those guys i mean i haven't seen michael cole in years but if him and i happen to walk into a restaurant together and saw each other we could sit down and shoot the shit for two hours and laugh and have fun or if i walked into an arena right now and he was sitting at an announce desk i could promise you this i could sit right next to him and call a fucking three-hour pay-per-view with my eyes closed with him and he can do the same with me same with joey styles same with mike today you have chemistry you have a flow with someone you have a friendship with someone that's how it goes uh but i don't think that's going to happen anytime soon but good question mike.fdl i really enjoyed your question um there's a lot more here so there's a lot more to go through. All right. Reese underscore Breedlove. It's on Instagram again. IG, as we call it. Taz Talk. I'm trying to build this Taz Talk up. This fucking IG. You need to tell your friends and shit that I need more followers. I want to hit 10,000 followers. I'm struggling. Like I'm not 9,600. 
It's bullshit. And forget about getting verified on that fucking thing. It's a hassle. I'm not, I'm not even worried about the little bullshit blue check on Instagram. But I, I want to hit 10K because I feel like a jobber. So please tell your friends and shit. You're like, just, just follow this fucking guy, Taz, a little bit. You know, and then you're going to follow him, mute him, do whatever you want so you don't bitch about it. Reese underscore breed love. What advice would you give to Cody Rhodes, the Young Bucks, and the brass behind AEW when it comes to starting a new wrestling promotion? Oh well, I don't I don't think there's any advice. I think these guys, you know, they they they're figuring out that they they they're figuring out that they're figuring it out. How's that? And I would uh I'm not going to give them any advice. I wouldn't give them any advice. I think they're both all three of these guys are having enough experience and professionalism to they know what's good and what's bad and what works and what doesn't work and and they know that they have to, like I said earlier, they probably know that they have to build a strong team. And that doesn't just mean what you see on camera. The team is the <laughs> what makes the machine roll, and that's behind the scenes. That's important. Like I said earlier, who's your director? Who, who's your producer? Who, who's, you know, who's, who's making graphics for you? You know, lower thirds. Who's doing your music? You know, uh, who's, who's going to help write? Is it just going to be Cody and the Bucks? Because, you know, that could be a problem. Especially if they're they're performers, you know, you got to be careful of that. You know, I mean, you know, so there's a lot of things. There's a lot of things. You know, I'm not gonna sit here and do fucking free console, uh, being a free, uh, what do you call it? Uh, um, uh, I fucking had the word on the tip of my tongue and I lost it. Doing, uh, uh, you know, uh, you know, consulting here for free, like I fucking normally do. I'm kind of dumb with that shit. Uh, but anyway, uh, yeah, they'll, they'll figure it out. You know, they'll figure it out. They, you know, they, they, they've been around the business. They've been successful guys. They know what they're doing. And I, they'll figure it out. They'll work it out. So, but I appreciate the question, the question Reese, underscore Breedlove. Uh, new username, underscore 99999. Might be the best name ever. Do you think wrestlers should be able to fight in the ring if hard feelings are mutual? So, I think this gentleman or lady means is that uh, if two guys or girls don't get along, should they be able? Should they have to work with each other in the ring? Absolutely, yeah. This is business. If you have hard feelings for someone and they have hard feelings for you or vice, whatever, it shouldn't mean a hill of beans. You got to work with this person. You really do. It's just the way it goes. Just like if you're working in an office. I'm sure plenty of people, no matter what your job is, you work with a guy or a girl. Maybe you don't like that much, or you have to work closely with this person, and and that's just the way it goes. So I, it's the same thing when you're as a wrestler, you're protecting each other's body. You got to be professional. Um, I've talked about this enough times. Shit, uh, and I've had Rob Van Dam, you know, uh, on on my show at least two or three times, and Rob and I are friends and. And we've talked about it, and we've we you know we've had problems during the ECW days, you know, over twenty years ago. Not a lot, but a couple of problems, and and uh, and we had to go in there and work with each other. And then one night, where fucking Rob in the locker room cracked me, fucking nails me, and slaps me, and I fucking get up, and then there's a fucking whole big thing, and then there's all this bullshit, and then I got to go out there, and he's gonna do a fucking sick, crazy dive off the top turnbuckle onto the concrete, and I got to beat it, yeah. And I was there. I, I did my job, and and Rob knew I'd be there, and we worked everything out. And that's just one example. There's a lot of times that guys get into legitimate arguments or fights, and they fucking go out there, and you got to work. So being a pro, you you do you break that code, you break that code in a ring, 
That's a good. That's a really good way to get blackballed. That's a really good way that no one will want to work with you, and no one will want to book you. That's so you got to be careful of that. All right, that damn mailman uh, on the IG said, uh, "How's your hand feeling since surgery?" Well, I appreciate you asking. It's been a while that I've had the surgery. Now I had the carpal tunnel Jones because of the neck damage, uh, not from riding a lot. It's it's probably the strongest it's going to be. It's probably about 82.6% strength. It's not getting any stronger, not getting any weaker. I'm happy with that. I can twist off the bottle cap on a brew, but if you ask me to open up, like, you know when you got to, like, pull apart, like, a, open up a bag of potato chips, like, if you got to, like, pull them apart, it's got, like, the little uh, Ziploc Jones on it. You know when you got to pull something apart, like, plastic like that? Forget about it. I got nothing. Zero strength. Like, with my fingertips... Pulling things apart like that, I can't do it. But I could screw shit off, you know, I could bolt my fist and throw, you know, cold cock somebody, no problem. But I can't uh, pull open uh, a bag of chips, it's sad. Jeez, I got to go to break here. There's more, there's so much. All right, look, this is what's going to happen here. I got to go to break here. This is a long show. Jimmy Crickets. Um, I'm going to go to break, and then what's going to happen is the other side of the break... I'm going to read some more of these fucking from Instagram, Taz Talk. That's going to be at 10,000 followers soon because you people are going to come through for me. I don't ask you for shit. So buy a T-shirt and get my Instagram up. And then I'll read some of the Facebook. Um, yeah, the Facebook post at uh, Facebook.com slash the Taz Show. Pick the T-shirts. You go to Pro Wrestling Tees, go in the fucking search bar, and you put T-A-Z. Buy a shirt, okay? Go buy a shirt for yourself or your friends or something. Spend $25. Don't be a cheap shit. You know what I'm saying? Really. It's that simple. There's some new shit on there. I got the food, uh, the grub truck gimmick on there, the new one. I got the, the job of face. There's all sorts of shit on there. Sick of this. I got to beg you. I got to beg you people to buy a freaking T-shirt. It's pissing me off. All right. Tash, you'll be right back. Right, we're back here. Little Taz show action here. Doing a little, uh, doing the, uh, you know, Taz Hall litany of uh, questions on the Instagram. Taz Talk, T A Z T O K. And we'll get in some of the Facebook questions too. There's a bunch of shit going on. So it's just been a, just, a, just a boatload of info in the show, comments, questions, statements, all sorts of stuff. It's just non-stop. That's how I roll. That's how I do shit. I come at you full throttle. You know that. And that's what's happening in this fucking episode as usual. That's how we do it. By the way, I don't want to hear nobody coming at me with, oh, my God, where's the show? There was one show that dropped last week, and there's only one show. Listen, there's, there's all these guys out there that do podcasts that you fucking people love, okay? And they drop one show a week. Go bitch at them. I've been dropping show after show after show after show after show, fucking two, three a week, five a week for years. Don't bust my balls. You know what I'm saying? All right. So that's the deal. All right. Got to get that out of me. All right. Anyway. Um, sorry. A little outburst happens. I got these people like, yeah. Oh, is everything okay? Where's the show? You know, you did one show on January 7th. And uh, you know what? You know what? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? 
Is everything all right? Well, I don't know. Shit. I'm, I'm on social media all the time. I engage with you people all the time. I mean, you know, if, if like my body was sawed in half by a fucking jigsaw in the middle of the street and I was dead, I think you would know. Okay? Everything's okay. Everything's okay. Nathan, 200010, do you think Brock Lesnar is a good universal champion? I think he is because whenever he shows up, people are talking about him and the title, people talking about him and the title, should have been a period there, uh, and I feel Reigns did nothing for the title. Okay, Nathan, thank you for the question. I disagree with your comment about Reigns. I think he did a lot for the title because there was... A ton of buzz about Reigns when he was the champ. No matter if you liked him or you didn't like him, people were talking about Roman Reigns all the time, everywhere, all the time. And guess what? Roman Reigns was there all the time. So when he was a champion, he showed up. He was at all these events. You know, um, now I I can never, I've said this a lot, I can never knock Brock for not showing up because he's got that type of a deal in his contract. That's his business, and he did it the right way. If WWE wants to keep the title on him, well, that's up to WWE. That's that's not Brock's choice. That's WWE's choice. So, you know, if they want to keep the championship on someone that, um, you know, is not going to be at all the TVs or the shows, then that's – that's you can't put that on Brock. That goes on WWE. And I, to answer your question, Nate, I do think that Brock is a really good universal champion for one fucking reason, credibility. Okay, so people know how credible he is. And also, uh, like you said – People talking about him in the title Yeah, uh, different than the way They talked about Reigns when he had the title They're talking about him in the title because he's not around Meaning Brock, but when he is around He brings the credibility And the great thing, not good thing that they do with Brock The way they book him is When he is on the show You know something's going to happen Okay, you know something's going to happen That's smart you know, So it makes him very special And he, he, Brock, always has a fucking impact When he shows up so, you know, it's it's a, it's tough if you're Roman Reigns when you had the title, when you're on the show every week, week after week after week after week after week. It's not as special anymore. It's unfortunate for Roman, but again, that's how they booked him. But I think both guys helped the Universal title uh, without a problem. I do. I, I don't have a problem with it. Uh, J underscore Colo, uh, do you think there can be a working relationship between a WWE and AEW in years to come? Do you think Triple H would want to work with them more than Vince McMahon would uh, No and no uh, That's my short answer uh, No, um, I don't think that there'll be a work relationship With WWE and AEW And I don't think Triple H would want to work with them either Just my opinion and I'll tell you why Okay Number one, WWE don't have to do that There's no need None at all um, Unless they were trying to help AEW Okay, now And they're getting something out of it So when WWE was dealing with ECW years ago and then they took over and owned it But unbeknownst to a lot of us That Vince owned the company He owned the ECW But whatever It's a whole other story But at that time WWE was looking for something Because they were starting to have You know They were starting to hear rumblings With the WCW And they, and they weren't as cool WWE They needed some help They needed a spark And I think that We gave them that spark And we needed something too They helped us promote Bailey Legal Our first ever pay-per-view So it was, it was great on that regard I don't think I think that's a that's a long time ago, and WWE's come so far since then. Um, WWE is a a just a corporate monster machine. 
um, just a corporate monster machine, and I don't think that WWE would wouldn't have any desire to help AEW, and maybe AEW don't want to help and, and don't need their help. Who knows? And that's cool. I don't think I don't think so. Just my opinion, my gut. I have no proof of this because this is we're talking about making a prediction. So I, I could be wrong, but I'm just giving you my my gut on it. I don't think. That will happen, and I don't think Triple H will, will and, and Stephanie will want to, you know, if Vince McMahon were not being involved as Vince gets older and whatnot, I don't think Triple H and Stephanie would want to. I don't. I, I don't. I just really don't. Um, unless there's something huge that WWE can get out of it, I don't see it happening. It, it just, I, I, I just don't see it happen. But I appreciate the question. It was a good question. Uh, no doubt about it. Uh, Tony Flo 316. What was the heat, in quotations, between you and Michael Cole about back in the day? <laughs> well, you know, I, I mean, I'm trying to think of this heat. Like, I, you know, I don't know. Look, you work with someone a long time. At times, there's some tension, you know. It's just you work with a guy a lot on TV, you know, travel and shit. Um, there was a time, though, where we were working together to do some radio and and then there was different opportunities. We had some different thoughts on things, and so there was some tension with us then, and and a little bit. And then that, that's when I left SmackDown and went to do commentary in ECW, the WWE's rebirth of ECW with with Joey Styles. Um, and I was happy to go. I wanted, I did not want to work with Cole at that time. And I don't know if he wanted. I don't think he wanted to work with me. But I was a little bit combustible at that time. But that was so long ago. So I, I mean, I guess that you would you would call that heat. Um, but that seems like eons ago. So, but thanks for asking, Tony Flow three sixteen. Appreciate it, dude. Uh, Gunner four five seven one eight. First time, long time. Nice. Do you think the Great Muda or Jushin Thunder Liger will ever be in the WWE Hall of Fame, especially with them really bringing Japanese wrestling to the mainstream of America in the late eighties and early nineties? Listen, I'm a big fan of both those guys, Muda and Liger. Um, I've had the opportunity to wrestle Liger in Japan. Uh, on his birthday in his hometown, and I lost. Uh, so anyway, <laughs> and I've met Muda several times. I re- and I've been a fan of both these guys' work. Uh, these guys were in their prime when I was in my prime. Um, I'll tell you what, I, I think it's long overdue that WWE should put him in the Hall of Fame. I really, really, really do. Um, it seems like New Japan's got a, doing a lot of business with a lot of different people, a lot of different promotions, and I don't think WWE wants to give them the rub. I mean, as far as the American rub or... or Anything like that. I don't think they want to do it. I know how big New Japan is. Don't get me wrong. But I'm just saying in America, they're not as big as WWE. That's obvious. Uh, so I don't, I, I mean, as far as deserving, yeah. Muda deserves to go in. Liger deserves to go in. Chono deserves to go in. Uh, Hirohase deserves to go in. There's, there's a bunch of guys from New Japan that need to go in. There's guys from all Japan that should go in. Uh, yeah, there's a ton. Uh, and But Liger and Muda, definitely. Um, I have no problem with WWE to put those guys in. I totally agree. Uh, Team Kulak. Uh, on Instagram that says, would you do commentary for AEW? Uh, all right, look, I talked a lot about AEW in this episode here. So, um, I, you know, I, I don't, I, they're not going to want me. They don't need me to do commentary, and I don't know if I have the time to do it. I got a, I got a full-time radio show I host, a national radio show, and a podcast I'm loyal to that I love doing. So, I, but I don't want to sit and say, no, I would not do commentary for them. I, I just got done telling you I wouldn't mind being being in a locker room, again, not on a regular basis. And if my schedule permitted, uh, yeah, I think it would be awesome. I don't think they're going to want me. They're not going to need me. And I don't know if I can do it. So I, they, they probably have their own guys in mind. So whatever. I mean, it, it, but would I would I be intrigued by it? Yeah, I would. Only because it's something new and it's something fresh. It's something different. 
and I believe in what some of those guys in, in charge, I believe in what they believe in as far as to get things over. But I, that's something that's just not going to happen. But thank you, Team Q-Lock, uh, for the question. I appreciate it. All right, last one on the Instagram. Um, oh, another AEW. <laughs> Dubmatic, uh, the Beatsmith. Uh, would you be willing to work with AEW in any form or fashion, including appearing at Double or Nothing? I, I just basically answered more or less my feelings on me personally doing anything with them, so I'm not going to get to that again. Um, you know, uh, somebody said on here, I don't want to get to that, but it's funny about money, but whatever, that's irrelevant. But, uh, you know, uh, I handled that. I, I'm going to get into some of the Facebook stuff right now. So uh, because this is like a marathon, this fucking show here. You know what I mean? Like there's just, there's just so much going on here. This is very, very busy. I mean, that's what I told you guys. This is very, very, very busy. Um, that's what it is. Uh, so right, let me let, take a look here. Hold on. I got to – I'm going to take a look here at the um, – at the what do you call it? At the Facebook. So we got to get let's get some of the music out. Get the fucking into okay. Thank you. So we'll get that going. Hold on, let me see here. We get the let's take over the Facebook. We're gonna slip over there. They hand me papers. They hand me all sorts of shit. Um. All right, here we go. Marshall Adam Johnson. Uh, do you think AEW could be as big as WCW was to maybe create another type of Monday Night War for WWE? That'd be cool uh, Do I think they can do it? Well, they got the money I mean, it's just like a Ted Turner thing going on here With, with the cons uh, You know, they, they got they got that much money Definitely could happen um, I think it'd be great I hope it does David Branfield On the Facebook Why do people, including some wrestlers Take Dave Meltzer's star ratings so seriously? Surely it is just one man's opinion and to my knowledge, the guy was never a wrestler. David, I agree. <laughs> I, I don't get it. I don't pay attention to it. I don't. I know he is about a star rating, and that some guys are, uh, you know, they want to get a good amount of stars uh, from from this guy's uh, for him to write off. They've must to say you had a great match and it was awesome, dude. I I don't I don't get it. To me, when you have a great match, okay, the first people. That have to love that match Are the two guys or girls that did the match Then the audience Then the people who pay you That's how I looked at it To me that's kind of uh, the way it goes Not not somebody who covers the business You know so that's just me So um, but it's a good question uh, I hear you um, right, Here we go Pedro Rodriguez I've uh, read that AEW is offering some sort of healthcare Do wrestlers with WWE Slash Impact receive any healthcare or the cost covered for injuries slash rehab? Okay, good question. Um, so here's the deal, right, with this. Um, <clears throat> all right, so first off, as far as AEW, from what I understand and from what I heard uh, Mr. Khan say in an interview online um, is that it seemed like the health care was going to be for employees of the company. Okay, so let's say, you know, Cody Rhodes is an employer of the company because he's, I, I can't recall his title. He's got a, he's the executive producer, whatever his big title is. You know, so he'd be an employee of the company, as would the Bucks. You know, they're employees of the company. Then they would have health insurance. That's kind of the vibe that I got from Mr. Khan in that interview I heard him say. As far as the in-ring talent, I know I heard Cody or the Bucks say it at the rally, so I'm sure there'll be something in there. Uh, some sort of a healthcare thing um, You know as far as uh, Your other question about WWE uh, Or Impact receiving any healthcare No WWE wrestlers don't 
and neither do the Impact wrestlers. Um, the announcers in WWE do because you're an employee, so you're not not an independent contractor. But I will tell you, and I've said this and for those that are new, you, you know, you never heard me say this, but those that listen to my show all the time, you heard me say this a lot. <sighs> Real quick, um, WWE. Anytime I was injured as a wrestler, uh, and I was always taken care of, and anybody around me was. So, uh, that, you know. Uh, Vince told me when I signed my deal That first contract, look, if you get hurt Don't worry about it, I got you covered No matter what it is, I got you covered Don't worry about it, you get hurt, I got you covered And I got hurt more than once and he had me covered So I can't bitch about them And their the way they take care of talent When they get hurt From this form of talent, I'm telling you that right now That's just me um, You know, that's just how I felt about it um, What else we got here uh, la 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 This guy had a question about the Patriots I'm not going to get into that I don't want to talk about the Patriots. I really don't want to talk about the Patriots at all. Um, I wonder if a few people like the music under the gimmick better. Huh. What if like that's something that you enjoyed hearing while I'm out here, you know, spitballing? I wonder if that's something that people like enjoy. Oh, all right. <laughs> Uh, I'll give it a little bit of feel, right? I mean, you know, and a little bit better feel, right? I guess so. I don't know. I think it's cool. I mean, does it get annoying after a while if you know, if I'm out here still talking and answering questions and doing a Taz Hall? You know what I mean? Uh, oh, Tim Floyd. Who would you like to see as a surprise Royal Rumble ent- uh, entrant? Not me, tell you that much. <laughs> no, I don't know. I, I don't. I got. I can't even answer that question, bro, Timmy. I don't have like. I'm not like. I don't have like one. Uh, you know. Um. I don't know. What I'd like to see, I think, would be funny. Chris Jericho. <laughs> it won't happen. I know he just signed a contract with AEW. I'm just saying. I'm just being a wise ass. That would be funny. No, I don't know. I mean, I really don't know. I, I don't have a. I, I don't. I'm not like that. I don't. I don't. My brain. I'm not wired that way to think when I watch wrestling. Like who I want to see. Unless it's. I, I can't answer. I shouldn't even answer. And ask your question because I feel bad. I can't give you an answer. You know what I mean? I just. You know. Chuck Fisher on Facebook. What would be the best night of TV for AEW to broadcast on? Well, that's a great question. Um, we just heard someone come at me here ask about how it would be great if it was Monday Night Wars again. All that stuff. That'd be awesome. I don't think right out of the box that's what you want. I think that if you have a TV partner and you're AEW, you want to be as far away from WWE's Monday and Tuesday as possible. Um, I wouldn't do Friday night Because Friday nights are tough A lot of times people just go out Friday nights And they're not sitting around watching wrestling Even though people watch TV different now They watch it on demand so I, And they watch it on their phone Or they watch streaming I get it But if you want to do a head up live live thing Eventually against WWE, be cool But I, right now I, I would think A Thursday night or a Wednesday Even though NXT is streaming uh, a Wednesday, if you do a Wednesday live, live show, I know Lucha Underground's on later, you know, that's taped, a- NXT's usually taped, streaming though, I-, I, w- I would think Wednesday probably, Wednesday or Tuesday, I'm sorry, Wednesday or Thursday, I should say, Chuck Fisher, if that is your real name, uh, so you have it on there. Uh, what else we got here? Let's see. Take a look here. Because uh, we had to pull some of these gimmicks from the Shnavitz and the Fernum uh, on these things here. And by the way, I'm not naming this person's name, but somebody asked about at least 
seven or eight questions. Uh, that's a good way Brian and these guys will not pull your question. So you can't answer, ask all those questions. This is not going to happen. So you, you're hurting yourself. You're shooting yourself in the foot, as they say. That's what they say. Uh, Elmer Navarati, uh, do you put your left sock on first or your right one? Um, no, I don't do socks. I wear flip-flops. Sockless Jones. Okay. Uh, Corey Warden, uh, how long before Pete Dunne is on the main stay, uh, SmackDown or Raw on the main roster? He's saying, oh, Corey, I would say anytime they want to get him up there, they should. I mean, he's he's legit as legit can be, and, and he's got an awesome following. So I would say maybe within, I don't know, four or five months, maybe you do something. Maybe. That's how I would do it. Uh, so that's how I would handle it. Matt Dudick. What do you think of the new upstart AEW Wrestling? <laughs> That's funny. Matt, you have to go listen to the last podcast and the first hour or so of this podcast, and you'll know. Uh, so much. Dan Lane, who did the best moonsault? Wow, it's a good question. A lot of good moonsaults I've seen. Holy shit, a lot of good moonsaults. Oh, man. You know, who did the best moonsault? I mean, there's no right answer. How about this? Who did the best unconventional moonsault? I mean, that guy that was unconventional that you wouldn't expect to do a moonsault as good as he did? Kurt Angle. Unbelievable moonsault for a guy like Kurt. I'm not kidding. How's that? I mean, I know there's much, there's other people that did better moonsaults. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying. You know what I mean? Nick Durst. When's the last time you spoke to Mike Adamley? Last time I saw him at a Raw, I think it was Years ago I like Mike, I haven't talked to him in a long time But I, I always liked Mike Tough to work with? Good guy <laughs> But he didn't mean to be tough to work with You know <laughs> Oh, jeez Alright I don't know That's really it It's kind of a lackluster ending, right? To this awesome show I just did for you people That's what happens sometimes Everything's going great Next thing you know You just Shit the bed As the expression goes Oh well What are you going to do Alright well We'll get rolling here Get rolling now Early in January here I'll get uh, I told you that Last week And I didn't do it For other reasons There's business stuff too I got I'm just hammering a couple of things out Everything's okay Everything, Is everything okay Yeah the saws are didn't Fucking cut me in half With a jigsaw I'm fine At the Taz show Coming back full throttle. I'll be back with a couple more uh, Probably uh, by the end of the week here Just gimmick Alright guys Thanks for downloading the episode Subscribe to the show if you didn't Don't be an asshole I tell you this whole time But thank you guys Thanks for the love You know I bust chops out here I have a lot of fun And I appreciate the support I mean that Alright guys I'm Taz You're not Talk to you later A road is just a road, but a Jeep SUV isn't just an SUV. Come see for yourself at the Jeep Start Something New sales event. During Owner Appreciation Month, finance get $3,750 total cash allowance on select 2020 Grand Cherokee Laredo 4x4 models and dealer stock the longest. On oldest 20% inventory of 2020 Jeep Cherokee Laredo models as of 1-3-2020 and dealer stock. Financing for well-qualified buyers through Chrysler Capital. Not all buyers are qualified. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery by 2-3-2020. Jeep is a registered trademark.